And we're back from our snack break where we uh, munchies, munchies, pretty much. Um, we are completely sober doing this. I think Chris is taking mostly a bit of a nip, sober. but mostly. Um, so uh, we talked before about the history of um, uh, cannabis usage and how, what it actually is. And we got briefly into um you know how to take it but now we're gonna get uh we're gonna slowly get into how uh the actual um dangers so the side effects what you can you expect from it that is actually negative because it is a substance and you do actually need to use it um responsibly like don't go driving when you get like take a bunch of thc um or start operating saws or something yeah i'm gonna go i feel great i'm gonna go build that shelf <laughs> so where'd i put my thumb yeah <laughs> i don't need that everything's great no so you there and there's other more subtle things that you do need to take into account when you're going to take it it doesn't turn you into a gangster like if you give it to your grandmother she's not going to start a gang and start you know selling drugs to children um so, uh, <laughs> but there are things that it does to your body that you need to be aware of. And for that, we've got our, um, uh, street pharmacist, uh, Chris driver to lead us into this. <laughs> I'm officially on like this, the terrorist watch list now. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Terrorists. a historian. The things I search up have put me on a bit, put me on lists forever. The only yeah. thing that's probably keeping me from getting like CSIS, uh, come and knocking at my door is the fact that I do have a degree in history. <laughs> so maybe that's actually the first side effect might be the legality of it. Don't cross borders with your marijuana unless you know what you're doing and you've got your prescriptions and everything labeled. And there's a really, really stringent process. Um, to, to carrying marijuana across borders because it's still controlled substance, even though it's not, uh, it's not technically illegal in many places now. So you have to be mindful of that, uh, especially if you're hiding it because that constitutes smuggling. Uh, usually when you cross the border or to go on an airplane, you should put it with your carry-on and you should show the the customs agents or whatever that you've got nothing to hide here's my prescription here's my amounts here's what i'm allowed to take um make sure you check the laws of where you're going and that that could be as simple as a google search i i don't i don't think that you should um necessarily believe anything that you see but cross-reference with a few different sources as always because it's even to authorities it's not very well uh, it, it's not very well policed. Like the, do you know what I'm trying to say? You're on mute. Sorry. I, uh, I was adjusting my chair, so I didn't want all that clanking to go in. Um, to be honest, like the protocol for security and crossing borders and everything like that isn't well no. defined. They're not going to help you so very much. One thing that it reminds really me of is um, again, I bring this back to firearms. If you want to own firearms, know the law. If you don't do the law and follow it to a T and go over it a bit, you're going to have a bad day. Um, and so it's, it's the same thing for me. Follow, learn the rules, learn the rules where you're going. I can technically transport restricted firearms to like a shooting competition in the States. 
I have to know all the rules to get it there and, you know, follow all the lines. And if I, you know, if I'm lax on that, bad day. Now, and the onus is on the person who's carrying it. It's, right. It's not on anybody else to tell you how to how to do anything. You really have to do your own research because nobody's going to help you with this type of thing. Yeah. And you also have to know, if I remember correctly, not just the rules, but the um, – because some there are certain customary things that you may not know about. I remember when in 2018, when uh, it was de- and when it was legalized, what had happened was uh, the Americans were actually putting people on a no entry list who had just were answering, "Have you ever, you know, imbibed cannabis?" Blah 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 recreationally. And there, if you said yes, you couldn't enter the states. And not only could you not enter states, you were not allowed to ever enter the states. And I. Don't know if they're still doing that. They did that for a couple months, and uh, it was yeah, really they annoying. They don't tell you what puts you on the list because then people know how to get around it. So the lists are really um, cloak and dagger. So do <clears throat> just as much as the do your research um, because you have to to get to Colorado. You have to go through uh, if you're driving. You have to go through states that may not be as you know. Uh, forgiving. So, uh, just keep that in mind, but, uh, so the, the second part, I guess side effects and safety is sort of what we're going after in this part of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, getting your, your product from a reliable source is important too. Uh, like I said, with, with street vendors, oftentimes they would lace their, their drugs to try and give more potent effects so that they, they'd get repeat customers. That or they sell and, you oregano. <laughs> yeah, and some people are looking for that. Some people just want to get messed up. But for, for our purposes here, we're trying to tell people how to do things responsibly. So going to a head shop that knows the farms that are producing their product is really important because it's not just going to tell you the potency. It's also going to be telling you um, like the fertilizers they use and like maybe an irradiation process to prevent bugs. So there are all types of um, like farming protocols that aren't set in stone as much as the FDA does for our food supplies. And even that's lacking, but we can do another episode on the FDA, (laughs) Uh, the Food and Drug Administration. But um, yeah, so for safety's sake, knowing what you're taking is really important in being able to identify what's helpful and what's not helpful. Because obviously, if you're taking a whole bunch of an indica that's really high in THC, and it really makes you stoned, it's maybe going to be helping with bipolar disorder or whatever other mental conditions you have. Or maybe it's just helping with appetite because the chemotherapy and radiation is giving you nausea and indigestion and things like that. Knowing what's in the plant that you're taking will absolutely help you identify what's useful to you personally because everybody's biochemistry is different. It's not just something people say everybody is different, like uh, as some kind of, you know, idiomatic expression. It is very, very literally true that human beings are complex. And as much as we have the same genes, the effects of things from alcohols and drugs are different, not just based on race or weight or gender. Um, It's also based on life experience. The epigenetics of your environment growing up also affect your biochemistry. So if you have twins and they're separated from birth, they will be very, very similar their entire lives. But based on their exposures to other elements and other um, other, other environmental factors, 
their chem their biochemistry in their brains and their bodies and, and their metabolisms and everything and their cannabinoid system especially are very different between people sometimes not always but sometimes so in speaking of safety and the side effects starting slow is point number one make sure you always start slow with everything you take but especially if you're going to be consuming it by eating if you're going to eat um, thc infused gummies or if you're going to eat uh, the plant oil or cook with the oil like you can make butter out of marijuana oil uh, and ingest it that way make sure you really keep track of the quantity that you're taking in and start really small there's no reason to rush it yeah there's absolutely no reason to think that you need the first dose to be the right dose well that's and you don't want to take too much so starting small and wait a day don't wait just half an hour to take more wait a day well one of the things i realized was that and that's a good advice because for me it was i had no idea what this was going to feel like um, so I didn't want to hit myself in the face with that hammer. Um, I wanted to, you know, ease into it. Um, so imagine if, you know, if we, we all know, kind of know what a caffeine high feels like. So imagine just injecting your veins with caffeine rather than taking a, you know, uh, you know, a half calf, whatever, uh, cup of coffee um and then moving up from there it's 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 this very be very similar um and especially for like when you say um when you're eating it like i was taking the oil i would just put it on something and then uh, ingest it and um it hits you all at once uh i wasn't i wasn't prepared for it i wasn't ready for it because i had no idea i was just kind of like you know, the roller coaster is about to go down and you're just like, here we go. Um, and you're going to be able to handle that and plan better for it and be understand what's happening better if you work your way up. Um, when I found the upper limit of what I liked, I, uh, I had to pay that price, um, for a couple hours, but, um, but you do it in a safe environment. You let I'm, somebody who's around you know that you're doing yeah. it so that they're not like shocked or surprised and so they can help you and yeah just it was be really responsible the buddy system works really well mm -hmm. i always advise anybody who's taking a new drug whether it's prescribed or not you let somebody know that you're taking it because if you fall into a psychosis psychosis by definition means you're not aware of you're disconnected from reality and that's a bad spot to be in when you need to deal with the reality of your present situation so having somebody know that you're you're about to be stoned especially if you're trying something new and you don't know what your dosing is start so small that you shouldn't feel it that's clue number one but second make sure you're in a safe place you've got somewhere to lay down you've got water nearby because one of the side effects is dry mouth almost everybody gets it it's not really a uh some people this some people that i think it's pretty universal everybody gets dry mouth i don't get it very much i get stuffy nose for some reason um, my my sinus is just and i it feels like I have to blow my nose, but it's just like, yeah, so I like put my head up and it goes away. Yeah. Um, one but thing, dry mouth sounds like, like it's nothing, but it could lead to choking hazards, for instance. Mm -hmm. So it, it's important to pay attention to the side effects before they ha they happen. Because if, if you're stoned and you, you don't want you, you don't want to get out of bed, and I say don't want, but I mean like you really, really don't want to get up sometimes. <laughs> uh, if, if you're that stoned, it might be hard to get 
some water. And then if you get the munchies and you start eating something dry, it could be a choking hazard, especially yeah. if you're elderly or something. So something it's salty. important to be prepared before you get high. <laughs> well, one of the things you can do about that is keep uh, a journal, I think would help, also help. That's excellent you know, advice. So when you, when you go in, here's what I'm about to do. And you know, you have like a, here's my notes for while I'm high, which will be hilarious. I wrote a poem. Uh, it was, uh, maybe I'll post it on the, in the chat after, but, um, uh, danger may induce creativity. <laughs> yeah. But like you're, 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 you're going to be, you're going to think you're a lot more genius than you are, but you might actually come up with ideas just like you do when you dream. But one thing you can do is here's what I'm doing and keep a record, make it scientific and like, doesn't mean you don't have to be a scientist to do use the scientific method and all it means is keeping a journal and when you come out or like when you wake up in the morning for me is here's what it was like did it was it good do i need more or do i less let's try this next time and then you know then you uh, alter test observe analyze and always keep in mind if you're if you want the medical effects or um or that type of benefit but you don't want to feel high or stoned and, or you don't like feeling high or stoned from it. There are other options. You, you can smoke THC for instance, and get high right away and then take uh, CBD, which will counteract the high, but still leave the cannabinoids in your system to do their thing. So everybody's got a different balance of what actually works for them. It's not just about getting stoned and it's not just about the euphoria and it's not about potency. You don't just want the strongest stuff all the time. Like I said, with stubbing your toe, you don't jump to heroin just because you hurt your toe. Yeah. Well, anybody who says like the modern stuff isn't is isn't shit, and it's just like, well, we know where your priorities lie with regard to this. Like, you want to escape, <laughs> but yeah. so ideally, you take something weak because the point isn't necessarily to get messed up. The point is to get a positive net benefit. You want the effect and you want to have the effect happen to you. And you don't need the effect to be a tidal wave. You need the kitchen sink. <laughs> so yeah, a slow drip works best. So yeah. moderation is key. Take it slow and buddy system. Very important. So other side effects might include like uh, dizziness or lightheartedness. Like you feel almost like you're, you're, your heart's like slowing down oh, or something heart, or not yeah. beating right. Like low, low blood pressure kind of feels similar to some people from what I've read. I haven't actually experienced any of that, but um, it's important to know though in your mind so that you can tell yourself I'm not having a heart attack because that can be really scary when things start happening to your body and you're not, um, you're not in a position to, to be, because you're intoxicated, you're not in a position to take care for yourself. And a lot of times when people go to the hospital for that, that's all they do is give them some gravel to help them sleep. And then they sleep it off because it's not life threatening, but it can feel that way. And you need to distinguish the difference between a feeling and, and what's reality because panicking about feeling like your heart's stopping will make your heart feel like it's stopping more. Right. <laughs> It'll if you're make going, things worse. Well, if you're going into it relatively healthy, this isn't going to, like there's no like it's not it can't give you a heart attack can it no well, so not that we know of it might but all the cases where people go to the hospital it's never been life-threatening never once not a single person has ever died from it 
Right. So and generally, that's exceedingly rare for any drug. <laughs> well, yes. Um, but so, the feeling is real. You will, you might actually feel scared, but it's important to know rationally before you go into it that you might feel scared and that there's nothing to be afraid of. Well, to me, my anxiety came from the fact that I am, I've got a big, um, I don't, I don't want to call it like, it's like a control freak, but I like to be, I exert a certain amount of control over myself. Uh, and it's not like, um, neurotics thing. It's a discipline thing. And to me, it felt like I was giving up that discipline uh, and altering my state. Um, now, when I, so I was, that was really what I was anxious about was like, am I going, when I give up control, am I going to act like a chaotic moron? And to some extent, but I ended up just acting like a giggly moron. But it's it's the end of the night for me, and I'm in a position where like I'm not doing this before I go into a board meeting, so it's you know it's okay. I can be a little giggly right before bed. That's all right. I can say words and just laugh at them. That's all right. Um, and so to me, I, that's what I was worried about. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so. Along with the other side effects might include um, dizziness as I sort of brushed past, but dizziness is actually important to mention just because, um, especially for the elderly, having a fall can be very dangerous to an older person. Like you can break a hip or a leg or crack your head or whatever. Um, so make sure that if an elderly person or if you are elderly and you're considering taking it and you don't have anybody nearby that can watch you and help you and get a glass of water for you and that, Set yourself up, like make sure you're in the best possible position beforehand, because it's so much easier to be prepared than not. And that comes down to just being responsible with any type of drug you take, even prescriptions, if you're new to them. Uh, another thing I'd like to mention as far as side effects go is there are certain conditions that can get worse. They can get exacerbated by marijuana use. This is important. I think uh, schizophrenia is one of those. Some schizophrenics, it helps them a lot, and it's like medical treatment, but others, it induces a psychotic episode, or it causes more voices or um, tactile feelings like uh, bugs in your skin or something like that. Really, really unpleasant. Mm -hmm. So another word of caution and reason to take things slow, you're much better off feeling like one ant is crawling on you than an entire colony crawling under your skin. <laughs> so... If you do have mental conditions, it's not to say not to take it, but if you can, talk to your doctor about it. If your doctor doesn't know anything about it, uh, well, you should always do your own research, but talk to the people who provided it for you. Talk to other people who have taken it. Just be honest about your use because the worst thing you can do is try and hide it and pretend like you're not doing it and not be informed because information is power because of how you use it, not just because you have it. <laughs> It's only powerful if, if you implement your knowledge for, for outcome and benefit. Right. Uh, One thing that I noticed uh, in particular was that um, when I take it, it amplifies um, – well, I, got, I have um, ADHD and it amplifies the um, tendencies of ADHD. So it almost makes the ADHD worse. Uh, I, I like literally cannot pay attention to uh, like I'm 
I can't like my attention just goes and instead of being able to control it and, you know, harness that energy, I, it just like sets it loose and I'm just like, Oh, that, Oh, that, Oh, that, Oh, that, Oh, that. And I'm like, this makes me more creative because my brain's just putting things together willy nilly. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if it gets too much, it's not pleasant. And I already don't like, um, not having the ADHD under control because it's, it's, it's too chaotic. Um, and it's exhausting and it's stressful it's, and so it's like unproductive. Other people get angry with you. It's terrible. Right, right. And so getting it under control where I can, you know, hold these, uh, you know, ADHD induced concepts in my head and play with them and allow it to work for me. Uh, it took a lot of effort to get it to do that, but, um, the, it definitely exacerbated that because you're not focusing on anything. And so that was one thing I noticed that was a bit of a downside. Um, so like this, I, I wouldn't want to do it, um, in public. At least that's me. I'd prefer to not, but, um, it's okay for bedtime because you know when you're dreaming that's pretty much what your brain's doing anyway um that's exactly what your brain's doing just making abstract connections to nothing and cutting cutting uh cords and links yeah. that don't make sense and just putting things together and it, it's so it's um it, that's one thing i noticed uh about that another thing i noticed if you don't have is that doctors don't really know. I told my doctor and he's like, neat. I don't know anything about that. And the doctors and the pharmacists don't. They have, they're like, this is something that is. And they aren't, they, it's not part of their curriculum yet very much. Um, especially like the older doctors will be like, you do you, I guess. I can't give you any advice other than like, don't overdose, I guess. <laughs> but but you should so, always tell your doctor, even if they yes. don't know, because it should be on record. It should be on record. And they, <clears throat> if they're going to uh, prescribe something to you, they need to know if it interacts with anything that you're going to be taking. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if it interacts. We could ask uh, our resident pharmacist, but uh, she's- well, There are certain like, complications, like diabetes, for instance. If you get the munchies while you're stoned, which is very, very common, most people Ooh. feel the need to eat. That would be dangerous when they take marijuana. And if you're diabetic, that means it might be a little bit harder to control your blood sugar mm -hmm. because the urge to eat is very, very strong. Um, for others, it might be weight. Like if you're already obese and struggling with uh, the quantity of food that you're intaking, and if you're doing it at night to help you sleep, and then you eat a whole extra meal per day <laughs> because of yeah. when you're taking it, that might be an indication that you should take it right as you're about to eat so that maybe you get stoned when you're full. Yeah. One thing for me is I have the opposite problem where I have trouble getting enough calories during the day because I'm very active. But at the same time, like I will, uh, my appetite's never been um, humongous. So this has actually a, been a kind of a boon. Uh, it's just a couple extra, it forces a couple extra calories into my face that I wouldn't necessarily have had the inclination to uh, go and scrounge for. So that's been very good for me. Yeah. <laughs> Along the lines of the uh, the digestive system too, 
it does affect the nerves in your autonomic system. So the peristalsis that moves food along your intestines by squeezing, 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 like a boa constructor moving food down its, down its, well, what do you call that? Its belly? Shaft. The gully. <laughs> um, it does affect your digestive tract too. And for some people it can cause cramps, which is uncomfortable, but can be very painful. And cramps can also cause indigestion. So being aware of how your whole body responds to it, not just your head, even though you're distracted by how you may feel in your head, your your muscular reaction changes too because your nerves are both more sensitive but also attenuated, which is an odd combination to think of. But think of it like um, a pain relief and a cramp at the same time. The cramp doesn't release just because you don't feel as much pain. Mm. It's still there. You're just not feeling it as much. So it's important to notice things like indigestion, especially if you're going to be consuming a whole bunch of food, um, if you know that you get the munchies, which again is why it's important to start really small. Because if you take a huge dose and you get a massive craving and then a huge surge of blood, uh, glucose in your blood, and you're diabetic or you're obese or you have heart disease or anything like that. Or you just ate all your food. (laughs) Yeah. So what I would suggest is to have some healthy munchies on hand, something that's juicy like fruit, because fruit will help with the dry mouth. You won't choke on it because it just dissolves really quick. It does have sugar in it, but it's also got fiber. So the bacteria in your gut that eats the fiber also consume sugar to metabolize the fiber. So you're not getting as much of the sugar into your bloodstream because your digestive system is consuming some of that sugar as well. And they're simpler sugars in in berries. So complex sugars take longer to break down, and thus they're more readily stored and converted into fat in your body. So if you're overweight, eating um, fruit sugars is much better than refined sugar for that reason, both because of the fiber in the fruit, but also because of the type of sugar. It's really simple, so it breaks down very easily and quickly. And instead of metabolizing it into fat to store it for later, it simply, you know, you get the runs if you eat too much fruit. That's why it triggers your system to eject it if it gets too much, which is maybe uncomfortable again, but it's better than storing it all if you're already overweight. So it's something to consider is the type of food you're going to eat when you get the munchies. So it's like a side effect of the side effect. (laughs) (laughs) But important to note, just be prepared. And again, that's why information is useful because you can be prepared. And without preparation, you're just uh, you're just asking for an uncomfortable experience or adverse reactions that you might not notice until months later when you start gaining weight. And you wonder why. Well, it's because you're eating a box of honeycombs every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, popcorn's another good one if your stomach can digest it because popcorn's big and fluffy, but there's not much in it. It's just basically empty air, most of it. Yeah, I put Try to avoid chocolate because chocolate is super dense and you can eat tons of it. Um, what about, so this is, so it's a, it's a downer. It puts you, gets you all Yeah, it's a depressant. So what happens if you use it with say uppers? You sort of get two effects, but usually the euphoria is amplified. So even if you mix it with another depressant like alcohol, the effects of alcohol with marijuana, they're, they're not just added together. They're synergistically amplified. They're, Mm. they're, they're much more strongly effective. Sounds like it, that sounds like a recipe for depression. Yeah, it, it's not it's not good unless you're like really used to it. 
if, if you've been consuming marijuana for years and you know exactly how you're going to feel from it and you drink every weekend so you know exactly how much you can drink without getting sick, mm-hmm. I mean, you can do it once in a while, no problem. If you want to do it every day, like a glass of wine with a spliff of weed, like it's not going to kill you probably. <laughs> it would definitely won't because there's never been a recorded case of that causing death. But the thing is, think about what you're doing to your body and the reason you're taking the weed. If if you're taking marijuana to feel the euphoria because you just enjoy it, that's okay. Leisure is good for your brain. It's good to be happy and have fun once in a while. Just don't let it get out of hand. It doesn't have to be every minute of the day or every hour of the day, or I can't do this because I need weed first. Like That's a sign of an addiction or a problem or a substance abuse. Yeah. Anytime that you need something to do something... That's a dependency. That that's what the word dependent means. You're relying on one of one thing for the other. And every dependency, whether it's an antidepressant or alcohol or heroin or whatever, every dependency has consequences. Not just the withdrawal when you stop, but the use changes your biology and your biochemistry. Consistent use of external substances will change your brain and your body and your digestive system and your neuro uh, your central nervous system and everything. So being aware of long-term effects without knowing what the effects are, just being aware that there could be, should be reason enough to moderate your use um, and know when you're abusing it. Because you can only be honest with yourself about substance abuse, and it's really important to identify it because you you will never do anything about it until you identify it as a problem, and you're not going to like that it's a problem. You have to know that personally, if you feel like... If you get the idea impartially with the Socratic scientific method or from using your journal, like you said, which is an excellent uh, advice, if you find that you're, you're relying on it to go out or to meet friends or to have fun at a party or to eat, that's, that's a sign of abuse. And even though you want to keep abusing the drug, you have to be honest with yourself and know that this is not helping you. Uh, Dependency is a really big deal, not because weed is protect, particularly addictive, but it is a substance and every substance can be abused. And a lot of people who have mental, um, mental illness, especially undiagnosed, withdraw from society. And when you withdraw from society, but you really enjoy and get endorphins and dopamine surges from, from marijuana, it can make you trade life for a drug. Mm-hmm. And no matter what drug that is, that's always a bad sign. It's unhealthy for us to to not be social. So just be, be aware and cognizant and recognize it and uh, be honest about your drug use with yourself. You don't even have to tell other people. Just, just know when to get help. There are tons of places you can go for rehab. Uh, hospitals are great. You can get hotlines. Um, I know in Canada they've got uh, free clinic hotlines that you can call up. Yeah, don't go to clinic with a K in Winnipeg. They're um, not helpful. Um, but there are other ones. But that, even AA will help you. Yeah. Like those types of anonymous groups or therapy groups or anything like that. And again, that's not to say you have to quit it altogether. If you're having trouble moderating your drug, you can still take the drug in moderation. You might just need help to moderate it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Like, Don't beat yourself up and don't don't be dishonest about it or try to avoid it. The responsible adult and wise thing to do is to take something that benefits your life until it stops benefiting you. (laughs) 
and being aware of the long-term effects of something, not just what it feels like now and today, which is the obvious thing that your brain's going to tell you to keep doing, especially if you're addicted to something. Make sure you recognize and pay attention to the long-term benefits. If you're not getting long-term benefits from any drug, don't take it, even if it makes you feel good in the moment. Long-term is more important than short-term. That's what makes us better, more complex animals than other animals, is that we have delayed gratification. (laughs) Well, this is like my use of this is not to feel good in the moment. It's to put myself in a state where I can be more effective the next day. And if that doesn't mean like, Oh, I can do more business the next day. No, that means I can engage with the people I love in my life more effectively and more honestly, because if I don't get sleep, it's just going to be, you know, asshole Jordan all day. (laughs) And you know, he's not terrible. Like he's too smart to like asshole. Jordan's still smart. So you can do a lot of damage with his words. (laughs) So, um, but it goes for everything, even walking and exercising. If you're doing it from as an insomniac, only sleeping three or four hours a night, you could really hurt yourself just exercising or driving. You can fall asleep driving. That happens all the time to people. So, um, I think. So, one other thing I wanted, I just wanted to cover quickly in addition to the side effects, um, the roots of administration we haven't really covered. So there are a lot of options available to you and not all of them feel the same, but some of them feel similar. So I usually break it into two categories. There's like the instant feeling or effect that's uh, like vaporizers or smoking or bong hits or anything that's going through your lungs is going to be really fast into your bloodstream. And and it's not going to, it's not going to be processed or synthesized by, by your body before it hits you. Whereas when you eat it, it actually gets synthesized, I think, by your liver, but I'm not sure about that. But by your digestive enzymes, break it apart, and then it slightly modifies the molecules before they hit the, the nervous system. Before they hit, and that's why it feels different to eat it versus smoking it. So usually people refer to it as like a body stone or a body high, where your body feels tingly or... Your body makes you happy as opposed to uh, a mental or lightheadedness happy, euphoria or whatever you want to call it. So usually the fast route of administration through either smoking or like bong hits or vaping or something like that, breathing it in, that will be fast and a head high. And eating it or taking an oil or a concentrate under the tongue or a spray Uh, They have nasal sprays, I think, too. So like the mucose membranes inside your nose can also absorb it. And that's a faster route of administration than swallowing it because your stomach doesn't have to break it down. But it's not as fast as breathing it. So they're sort of like uh, the quickest would be smoking or inhaling. Second quickest would be through the nose or the tongue under the tongue because that's really absorbent tissue. Technically, you could do it in the rectum, but I don't think I've ever heard of anybody doing that. But it does work. You, you can absorb from the fine, soft tissues in your in your anus as well. You could, but I don't think there's much of a market for that. So they're no. like, you go to a weed shop and they're going to be like, uh, do you have any rectal you know, suppositorial applicators? <laughs> and it's just like, no. <laughs> And the other, th- the other thing to mention, though, with the roots of administration, because eating it is slower, it's much more 
uh, likely that you'll over you'll take too much by eating it because mm-hmm. you'll not feel something you'll not feel it you'll not feel it and you'll keep redosing well it's like the old meme where this ain't shit oh boy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and again it's not going to kill you it won't hurt you but it might feel like it's going to kill you so you might not like it so yeah just be responsible and slow if you don't get high the first two days or three days because you're taking too small of a dose it's two or three days like in the span of in the scope of your life in the context and the grand scheme of things it's just a day or two just well, take it small and take one day at a time and keep a record either way you're going to learn a lot about yourself i learned a, i learned a lot from having it didn't unlock the mysteries of the universe like um you know some people claim it's like oh i can see so much more and broader it's like dude your mind's working that's what you can do when you're not high if you just (laughs) use your mind as the tool it's meant to be um but um i definitely learned a lot about you know my biology how i react to things i learned a lot about other people who have interacted with this and it's an experience that just taught me stuff uh which i which i thought was valuable and if you're not willing to have a bad day well then there's something you have more problems than just you know so it's gonna be a bigger problem than something that we can fix um that's a therapist thing <laughs> so yeah and along those notes i guess i just wanted to mention also some other some of the other benefits to it and they're less studied. So I wanted to wait till the end to talk to a, talk about them, but it's not to say that the benefits aren't there, but because weed was illegal for so long, they haven't been able to research it because the researchers have to jump through amazing hoops just to get qualified to procure their own marijuana. But there are known benefits. It's just not measured or it's not statistically relevantly measured yet. So there are statistics and there are measurements, but they're inconsistent. Um, yeah, we don't really it, have much long-term stuff. That that just means, though, that, I mean, with science, for something to be consistent, they have to know it to, like, the eighth decimal point, five sigma. It just means that they know it to the second decimal point, which is for normal, casual use. And if you're getting it over the counter or from a drug dealer, I mean, the difference in the THC is going to fluctuate more than the difference from the studies. But it's important to point out that the studies aren't 100% affirmatively confirmed yet. Uh, because just because they haven't had enough time to do them. Um, But anti-inflammatory responses is a huge one. Mm -hmm. Marijuana in your blood is a fantastic anti-inflammatory for most people, especially CBD. So you don't need to get super stoned like the THC. You can take a CBD plant if you want the uh, autoimmune benefits from for things like colitis, arthritis, fibromyalgia, neuropathic pain. Uh, diabetic neuropathy, multiple sclerosis, all all types of um, inflammatory response things like Crohn's disease and uh, digestive system issues. Uh, they can be helped with CBD. You don't necessarily need the THC that gets you stoned for it to be beneficial. And you can smoke it or uh, do the oral root with the concentrates under the tongue or the nasal spray or the throat spray. It doesn't matter how you ingest it. Those anti-inflammatories are just as effective um, regardless of the route of administration. So that's one point to note. Uh, another is we mentioned before the um, cancer prevention, uh, apoptosis stimulation. 
I don't know so much about that, so I'll leave it at that. But it is worth mentioning that there are studies on it, and they've done it in petri dishes, and there is anecdotal evidence across uh, across the world, not just in certain pockets of well, weed proponents. Even if it's subtle, that's still something. So it's not going to like oh, I'll take this and it, it it does this. No, it helps. It's a subtle effect. Mm -hmm. it gives you like a you know, small buff against cancer. But um, it's and relative to the side effects of cancer medications, it should be the first line because it's not nearly as dangerous or toxic to your body as the cancer medications are or the right. chemotherapy drugs. Mm -hmm. um, so another thing it's good for is um, as, as an oil, you can use it as an ointment. So if you have uh, psoriasis or patchy skin, inflammatory skin responses also react very well, even topically. So you don't need to get stoned to get the benefits of marijuana. It'll soak through your skin too. And you can apply it directly to certain affected spots, which is for some people a lot better than getting stoned and having to lay down and overeating and then worrying about all these side effects and heart palpitations and stuff. You can just rub it on your skin like a lotion, and it's proven to help with eczema and psoriasis and things like that, too. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also antibacterial. To so, a small extent, I would assume. Like, it's not yeah. going to be... Like you well, can't... Not, not a small extent. It's, a, it's significant enough to be measured. But again, we just don't know the exact measurement because scientific proof requires like eight decimal places before well, they can I'm it. saying like you can't use this to treat tuberculosis or like a tooth infection or something but it will we're not sure you might actually be able to we just don't know hmm. and that's the thing like not knowing doesn't mean it doesn't work it means that it might be the best thing ever too that but the people that say weed is the best thing ever don't know and the people who say it does nothing don't know we, we just don't know but mm. you can use it for things like um, like gingivitis or something. You could rub the oil on your gums, and that would for sure help. It might not cure it, but it wouldn't cause more harm. Mm -hmm. so, so there are things to consider like that. Like the benefits to cannabinoids and the endocannabinoid system in our bodies is very complicated, and it differs between people. And the plant is so varied and has been crossbred so many times that they're they're not self-similar between even batches of weed that you get. Right. And there's no way to know that because we haven't, or like one from the other, because we haven't been able to identify which of the thousand cannabinoids in the plant do what, and in what degree do they intensify or, or detoxify or. Well, uh, this is why I, um, cause like it is beneficial and we don't, there's a lot of gray area here. And that's why when you go and buy it, in Canada, um, at the store that sells it, don't. I know they are poor retail people, but don't let them get off easy. If they don't know their product, go somewhere else. If they yeah. can't explain to you like the product, if they can't explain the the stuff that's on the bottle, uh, then go somewhere else. They are selling you something that will have an effect on your body, and if they don't understand or if they start using jargon to confuse you like you get like how is this different does this have a greater content like what plant does this use ask them questions and if they if 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 they if they know what they're talking about then go to that place but that's i guess that's the same thing with any um 
any business that you're going to be doing. Yeah, but, make sure they take it seriously because they're yeah. selling you a drug. And if they're not taking it seriously, then you shouldn't take them seriously. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's a really good point. So, because I've been unimpressed with a few, um, with a few clerks who, um, oh yeah, this will help you with this and this. And it's like, I know that's why I'm here, but how does it work? Oh, well you put it on your tongue. Okay. How's it absorbed? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> so it's just like, mm. why under my tongue and not under my thumb or why yeah. not in my ear? Like they should be able to tell you stuff that's pertinent, relevant, relevant to the, the administration of what they're selling you. Also stock seems to be an issue right now in Canada for some reason. I don't know why, but they, oh, we haven't got stock in. We get it once a week and I haven't ordered that. And I'm like, if you're out of it, that means you sold it. That means you need more. Order it. <laughs> so it might just I, be an Alberta thing. I haven't had any stock issues okay. in years. Yeah. I'm not going to that place. Um, so, <clears throat> but like, uh, it's, this is serious. So take, be serious. And that's, that's, I guess, mine. Um, but I think, uh, but it's not so serious that you should run away from it or deem no. it bad. It's just serious enough to take seriously. That's all. Yeah. It's no different from like, um, candy vitamins that you give kids. You should know what the vitamins are before you give a kid. Yeah. Even though vitamins aren't going to kill anybody and they're probably good for the kid. You should still know what you're eating because <laughs> it's oh, yeah. not just nothing. It's something. Yeah, it's something label. that <laughs> affects your biochemistry and that's complicated. So. Um, yeah, just be safe. Um, be informed, take your time. There's no need to rush it. And if it seems like a lot to learn, it is, but it doesn't mean you can't learn it. Just do 10 minutes a day of reading and eventually you'll be confident in your knowledge to be able to have a discussion yeah. with a dispensary and they should be able to help you. They're and usually very ed educated. The culture around it is silly. <laughs> yes, that's to put it mildly. So you don't need to engage in that culture. You don't need to, you know, 420 blaze. It's like, it's just something you imbibe. That's it. There's no like, is there a sandwich culture? No, it's no different. I'd like to start <laughs> one though. I, I, yeah. I had a hashtag going for like two years called sandwich love. <laughs> <laughs> we could, uh, cause um, have like a bon me gang or something well there's <laughs> nothing better than going to your bakery getting a fresh loaf of rye or something then going to your butcher and getting a fresh like corned beef and making just this spectacular sandwich like i'm such a fiend for this so i think um the believe turn in the conversation has led me to believe that it's um actually coming up on lunchtime yeah, so clearly my biology is telling me to eat <laughs> so um i'll just uh wrap it up by telling everyone thank you for watching um I hope this was informative. If you found it informative or if you already know this, send it to somebody who you think might benefit from this discussion. And, uh, and if you have any corrections, make a comment. Like, yeah. Um, make sure that we correct ourselves when we give bad information because we're not out here to disseminate falsehoods. Criticism also is can only make us better unless you're just be like, you guys suck. Uh, in which case, how's it going? <laughs> you suck too. <laughs> so um yeah. yeah we got an rss feed open as always you can check the link in the description uh that's for podcast players if you just want the audio only but uh we'll keep putting out the youtube videos too because that seems to be easiest for our worldwide base mm -hmm. and yeah we'll see you guys next week thank you for joining frivolous gravitas
Be safe.